0: Hey everyone, welcome back, and thanks for watching another episode of My Story Weaves Our Story. Just to recap, My Story Weaves Our Story is a diversity panel which reflects and represents the unique perspectives and viewpoints of community members in NPC's service area. Now on this first season, we sat down with various community groups, had great discussion, and had some insightful moments listening to their stories. So today, without further ado, we're going to wrap up season one with our last group, the Appalachian Community. Now, if you're listening to this episode, I would encourage that you go watch this on YouTube because this was the first podcast that we did in person and we have some pretty cool visuals and photos that go along with it. We have two amazing guests and their stories were so informative. Check it out. All right, everyone. Welcome back to My Story Weaves, Our Story. We are here live for the first time at Laurel Ridge Community College. Um, We want to thank them for offering up their campus in LaRae. It was an amazing opportunity to do this live. We typically do this virtually um Tina I think we started this well I didn't start it I I think the podcast started during the pandemic is that correct yes yes it did so it was sort of a necessity to do that virtually and it's also easy sometimes for people's schedules to do it all all online but I'm excited to do it in person this time because we have two amazing guests and they have prepared a lot of their backstory and we're excited to hear about it but before we get into it I just want to do some quick introductions I am the co-host Gabriel you
1: good. I am Nancy. I'm Beth.
2: I'm Tina.
0: And we are going to be talking today about some of the experiences of the Appalachian community. So I'm going to go ahead and start off with the first question for you guys. Um, you guys can answer to your heart's content, however long you feel you need to make it. Uh, Nancy, I'll have you answer first, and then Beth, okay. you go after Nancy. So for the audience, the first question we're going to ask is: Tell us your story. Who are you?
1: Okay, I'm Nancy Cotter. I'm 72 years old. I grew up on a farm here in Page County. I attended Luray Elementary School and Luray High School. And then I went to college in North Carolina for two years. And then I transferred to VCU in Richmond and graduated with a BS degree in elementary education. I taught for 34 years at Shenandoah Elementary School in Shenandoah. (laughs) and loved it, loved the kids, loved most of the parents. Was that all <laughs> K through five? It was K through, no, it was K through seven. Oh. Yes, and I taught summer school there also, okay. and uh, I have taught preschool all the way up to GED classes, adult education at the Page County Technical Center, and uh, I've traveled Extensively, but not overseas. I've been to the Caribbean and Panama Canal, Bermuda, Aruba, Mexico, Nova Scotia, Alaska, the West Coast, of course, Florida. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I live about three miles from here. So uh, I've, I've done a lot, but I still have a lot to do. Mm,
0: beautiful property that you guys live on as Uh-oh. well. Yeah. Carrie was, your daughter was. Fortunate enough to bring me over there one time, and I was so so jealous of all the land that you guys have and the beautiful views you guys have. It's
1: peaceful and quiet,
0: yeah.
1: Lots of animals, some we like, some we (laughs) don't like, like possums and skunks. Skunks, yeah, yeah, skunks.
0: You gotta take the good with the bad, yeah.
1: It's okay, (laughs) it's all good. Mm. What about you, Beth?
3: I am Beth Falls. And I've lived here all my life in Luray. I was born here in the Luray Hospital and went to one school, which was, I went to a kindergarten in a class, uh, a private home, and then the school I went to, I started first grade in the hallway. And everybody thought that was great in school because we were the only kids that had a water fountain because I was in the hallway. Mm. (laughs) But the school was crowded at that time, and since then it's become the the, uh, middle school for the county. Um,
0: Oh, so there was a reason why you were in the hallway because it was too crowded? Yes.
3: Okay. (laughs) Way too crowded. Wow. They had, um, that was we were considered war babies Mm. and we were right after world war ii and there were a lot of us and they didn't know what to do with this first grade and there were four first grades when i went to the school so a lot of lot of us wow and i worked for the county for about four years did a lot of work for them, the first big thing we had to do was compile a history of the county, and we started on that in January, and it went into print and was out by the fourth of July, which was really record time in getting all this material and pictures together, and we sold that uh, for the county.
0: What's what what. How old are you about that time?
3: Seventy-six. Okay,
0: when you were working for so... Oh, what,
3: how old was I then? Well,
0: last week, last <laughs> I thing I remember was you in first grade,
3: mm-hmm. and then
0: when did you start working for the county?
3: Uh, when, uh, in seventy-five. Okay. Okay. In seventy-five. And seventy-six is when the county was uh, celebrating, or the country was celebrating their centennial. And our county wanted to do something uh, spectacular. And the first thing we did was work on the book. But there were big events planned each month of 76 here in the county. Okay. So from there, um, I went on to, um, well, I have one son. Then I uh, became a tour guide. and. That was very interesting because I worked for an inbound company and an outbound country. So I had tours coming into the county and into Virginia from overseas, and then we had tours from Virginia going out. And that was good for me because i could tell them all about my county and virginia so um
0: so between you being a tour guide and then you working to compile uh, as a part of that effort to compile a history you probably know so much about page county i'm guessing
3: just virginia history
0: i also worked on another book
3: too wow so i've really helped to produce two books on the county. Wow. And um, the second one was pictorial, okay. Page County, which we looked for pictures that had never been in print before that represented um, all faces of life within the county.
0: Mm. Now, did you guys compile those from like, personal collections or how did you guys go about getting those?
3: Well, it was the Page County Heritage Association, of which I was a member, and it was decided that um, we needed some funds to come in, and there were a lot of books on uh, Virginia, and Germans, and genealogies, and, you know, if we would put together a book with pictures that no one had ever seen before and sell it, then we could make some money. Yeah. Which we did. And
2: educate a lot of people.
3: It it was um we asked for pictures to be donated. Okay, so and we were overrun with pictures. So we could definitely do a couple more books.
0: Wow. That's awesome. And that so to to have that pouring in of those personal pictures, like you said, that's first of all that's a genius idea. You know, to carve out carve out your own niche you know and to be able to sell that because no one can duplicate that so that was just really that was like a smart idea i wish now i feel like we have a, an abundance of pictures everyone's always taking a selfie and that. so maybe nowadays that might not be such a lucrative idea but i bet back then that was like a really really innovative innovative idea so did you have something Tina? i
2: just had a question about your uh, most fun fact
3: my first first one.
2: Your a fun fact a fun that fact. you like the most
3: Oh, gee, travel is my fun place. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) travel, well, history. History and travel are my fun things. Mm -hmm.
2: So out of the work that you've done in this area or some of the facts that you've um, come across, what's been your most interesting?
3: Mm, We got an awful lot of pictures from one-room schools, which I knew very little about.
0: Like class pictures? And,
3: um Yes, okay. and these one-room schools were built by families. This was 1900s, 1910, 1920s, and there was um, a lot of farms uh, in the country uh, living, and the families got together and built these one-room schools. And they went from grades one through, I think eight. Mm -hmm. And then they came into the town and they only had school then up to 11th grade. Okay. Mm.
0: So now like the way schools work is there's a big county high school, middle school, elementary school. It sounds like back then there was almost a, a collective of a lot of different smaller one-room schools there were okay and there were. that was all sort of i guess was it you know i don't even know if a word like privatized even makes sense in this context but was it was it all just like the members of the community taking upon themselves to to educate their, their children and things like that
3: well you have to think that travel at that time was horse and buggy
1: mm-hmm.
3: and so coming into Blu-ray, which was the county seat, um, was a really difficult thing to do um, with a small child. Um, it, it was uh, just the thing to do to educate, to get your families together, build your school, and, and provide a teacher.
0: Oh, so it sounds like wow. just the sheer geography of all these mountains, it might have just been hard to make get everyone in lo- one location every morning like we can do now with buses and things like that and even think about that?
3: Well, our county, it's only uh, 13 miles from the foot of one mountain to the foot of the other mountain. We're okay. very narrow valley, but we're long and we go all the way from Warren County up to Rockingham in Harrisonburg mm. and Rockingham County. So it's a very long, uh, way to go even the children who when I went to school came from Raleighville and Compton mm-hmm. their school bus they wouldn't get home till 4 30 or so because it was a long way
2: wow I was going to pose the same question to you historically mm-hmm. a fun fact that you've come across in this area
1: thank you for sharing by the way <laughs> you're welcome Mm. historically? Uh, Well when I first started teaching I had 26 students and some of them were from up in the Hollis and one of the first students I had was a boy and he was so sweet but he was so backwards and I remember he went over I had a sink in my room Mm. he went over to the sink he washed his hands opened the window and threw the paper towel out the window Mm. (laughs) it's just things like that that you remember some of these students doing and and uh how how far they've come i've seen him since then of course he's grown a lot and he came from a very poor family and i had his mom in ged and she she just ate up everything because she had never been really to school that much yeah and so uh, she, she was very, very appreciative of anything that you did for her.
0: You threw out a word that I I would love some more clarity on um, holler. All
1: right. Yeah. <laughs> holler.
0: Now I know. Is it, is, it, is it a holler? Like, this might be, you know. I'm originally from new york so my new york vernacular might be coming <laughs> you don't out have <laughs> we don't we don't at all so i understand that this is like uh, <laughs> i've heard it used as a geographical uh term and i've also used heard it used as a more cultural term for like i guess lifestyle uh type of place if i'm if i'm making sense i've heard it used interchangeably so Maybe could you give me, you know, a brief de- definition of what that meant? Oh, yeah. The,
3: the hollers, hollers were named after the people that lived there. Okay. So we have... We still uh, have them. Lucas Dean Holla, Cubbage Holla. It's but they call hollers. Hollers. All of the names yeah. of the families that lived there. Okay. And the majority of the Hollers in our area, Hollow, um they are connected. The ends of them are connected to the park. Mm-hmm. So, when the people were moved out of the park, they came down into the Hollis. Okay. And they still, to this day, are the names of the people that the families.
0: Okay. So there's a couple things, you mentioned something that I think is one of the, probably the most interesting through lines of this whole story, which is the part, and I know you guys have a lot of history on that, so I'd like to get to that, but I, I think I also want to say it seems like in sort of the Appalachian community, like family, family name is a like very important lineage, it seems like is, 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 is very important. Would I be correct in mm-hmm. making that yes. assumption? Right. Okay. Now, let's get into the... The park, I I, I have limited history or limited knowledge of that history. So I would love for you guys just to share some of the things that the research that you guys have have done and some of the things that you've known for your whole lives about that.
1: You want to do first about the people from the park and then I can go into the chimney part. Can I start with the forming of the park?
3: Yeah, however you'd like, however you'd like. Well, I think that's an interesting story because prior to 1928, there were no national parks east of the Mississippi River, which is very interesting. And the federal government at that time put out um, a plea for the different states on the East Coast to apply their territory, their state, to become a national park. And two states sent in a request. They had to meet certain criteria and it was um, mountains and a scenic overlooks and drives and wildlife and there were certain things that they had to come up with and the two states were Virginia and Tennessee and the government um, decided that they were both equally um, well off in those categories and they should each have a national park but the government was not going to Purchase any of the land it would all have to be bought by the states and given to the federal government so when it started out um, the state of Virginia and and therefore both uh, Tennessee and Virginia the Great Smoky Mountain National Park and Shenandoah National Park were formed at the same time that's what I think is so interesting that people don't know that And our park in Shenandoah started out with about 90,000 acres. Today we're up to almost 200,000 acres. But the land was purchased by the state of Virginia, or it was condemned by the state of Virginia. And it um, was a good thing to keep the land um from being further eroded this was one thing
0: you're saying that's probably if there's any silver lining was that the land was yes
3: it was being farmed a lot there were 465 families living on the on the mountain at that time okay so in 1926 um congress started this appropriation, and it wasn't until 1936 that it became a park, so it took all that time to get the land and the acreage and um, to get the wheels turning to make it a park.
0: Now you said a word that I'm curious, when, when you say condemn, was that used loosely to try to say this land is not safe to live on? So. Like we condemn this land? Is that was that a, was that a tactic to force people off their land? That's right. Okay.
3: Mm. Um, and because
0: I'd have to imagine if you four hundred sixty five families, you know, have been living here since their I guess recorded history, you know, it'd be very hard to imagine that if you proposition four hundred sixty five that all four hundred sixty five would be willing to sell. Mm-hmm. So i I I guess. I'm just kind of shocked that, you know, I just would have to guess that something, you know, (laughs) something was afoot. Yeah,
2: how, how, that's very interesting to me as well. Which I think is the sort of crux of. To leave their land, yeah. yeah.
3: Well, it was very difficult. And the ones that moved out on their own moved on Madison side of the mountain, And the others came into the Page uh, County, into the Ida um, section. And the state of Virginia did give some uh, smaller housing for some of the people. But you can imagine those people that lived on the mountain that were 80s and 90s and they had been there all their life. Their livelihood was there. Their religion was completely theirs. Their speech was even theirs.
0: I'd have to imagine they buried a lot of their ancestors there. The, the family
3: cemeteries were uh-huh. around. Um, and there were no major highways at that time. These people were very self-sufficient. And they loved living where they were. So um, it was a, a bad time in that time period. A bad, some bad things happened. Mm. But as we're each generation that is removed from that 1930s, we see it a little bit different. I was gonna say, oh. like, how how <laughs>
0: fresh is that for you know descendants? Like, what is you know like how how fresh? Is I, I I can't imagine it's anywhere near the same pain that you know they felt around 1936, you said it was when Congress. Nineteen thirty six, yes, yeah.
3: it's when it was dedicated by Roosevelt. Okay. Um my grandfather and my dad were living when before the park took over. Okay. And my dad was born in nineteen twenty two. So when he was a young man they had um, a, a house that was used by a family that our, our great-grand, my great-grandfather and my dad, let's see it be my great-grandfather, he had a house set up with a family in it and they took cattle from the valley up on the mountain each um, summer. Okay because there was a spring there, there was uh, cooler weather. It's always 10 degrees cooler on the mountain than it is in the the valley floor. Okay. And um, Daddy remembers well taking the cattle, driving them up the mountain to um, stay for the summer. And there were no roads at that time. The main roads had all been animal trails across the mountain and that's where our super highways are today or our highways but um, he said once you started an animal out with a bale on them and started them in the direction the rest would follow oh. and there were a lot of sheep that went up on the mountain okay. a lot of cattle
2: I can feel some of the pain as you're talking about these memories and <laughs> your dad's memories and I can only imagine
3: but we have it today for a lot of people to see a lot of people come and visit we have over 2 million people a year coming into the area now is
0: this area that I'm thinking of is like is that like Skyline Drive area okay which is I see I mean you got to give it to I mean, you see why people wanted to preserve this, and, like, it's one of the most beautiful places on the planet, um, but I, like, I, it's just a lot of people don't know that history, you know, when they pay for the park, okay. and, they go on and they go on Skyline Drive, they, a lot of people don't know, like, it's how it got there, and I'm assuming, like, a lot of the, you know, it's, I guess there were no parks east of the Mississippi, I know that, you know, a lot of the parks west of the Mississippi were, you know, probably a lot of Native Americans were pushed off and. I guess we understand that about our history, but I had never known that. You know, you know, people who we would consider—and this is all—it's—it's it's weird to talk about it this way. United States citizens that were pushed off as well. Like I never, I never known that before. Um, so it's just really interesting to know that history, um, and I guess technically you are descended from people who—and that's just such a cool history to think about. You know. Your, you said your great, your your father and your grandfather would take the cattle up on the mountain mm-hmm. every summer, mm-hmm.
1: wow. and they would stay there all
0: summer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Your wow.
1: Skyland. I mean, uh, big, big, meadows. Meadows, yes. big meadows. Big meadows was the
2: area where they wow. were. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And,
3: and we had uh, there were two uh, wells. Uh, one was David's well, and one was uh, Lewis' uh, the well, and. It, the Big Meadows Lodge still uses that well today. Wow. And that was on our property.
0: That same well.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And the David, those are the last names that you're using here? The names of the wells?
3: Yes, yes. I don't know how they got their name, but that's all all I've ever known. (laughs) (laughs) David's well in well.
2: How about these chimneys? Yeah.
1: Okay, um, well. I had the park was established in 1935, but then you said 36. It was dedicated in 36. 36, Yeah, and I had at least 500 families were uh, displaced. The elderly and the disabled were allowed to stay. Okay. Mm. And the last person off of the mountain was Annie Lee Bradley Shank. She was 92 and it was in 1979. Mm. Mm -hmm. I thought that was interesting. Annie Lee was hanging in there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what area she was, but yeah. Uh, In 2013, the Blue Ridge Heritage Project was established, and Bill Henry was the leader of it. Uh, The purpose was to build chimneys in eight of the counties where people were displaced. And so, I've got the names of them. Page County is at Stanley and you can visit all of these. Mm -hmm. Rappahannock is at Sperryville. Warren County is at Front Royal. Madison County is at Madison. Rockingham is at Elkton. Augusta, I believe is just out of the, it's like out in a field. I don't think it's really at a town. Albemarle is at Crozet and Green is at Standardsville. Uh, The stone chimney represents the strength and endurance of the mountain people. Mm. And also, a lot of these structures were burned when the people left, or if they were still standing, then they just stood there until they rotted away, but the chimney was the last thing to go. Mm -hmm. So that's why they built the chimneys. Um, Let's see, memorials uh, were left to the discretion of the county in which they were built. Uh, all were had plaques of the families that were displaced. And in Page County I have a list of these are all the people this is kind of small wow, to say. Wonderful. But they're all the people that were displaced. And these our are all the families names? is on there, yes. Gander is on there. Yes, this hours. is your family name Gander? is on three
3: of them. Wow. Um,
2: yeah. You have families on three of them?
3: We have our family name is on three, three of those. three of the plaques. When they drew the imaginary line <laughs> on paper across, d- dividing the the counties, it broke our land into Rappahannock, Madison, and Page. Mm. So my family was they separated in three, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're on three plaques. Wow. Is
2: there a living document of that somewhere? Or is there a... Where's where the you source of them?
1: that? This is a plaque that is on the one in Stanley from Page County. And oh. I, I think all the others have similar things okay. that okay. tell the yes. people that mm-hmm. they do. It. Yeah. When you
0: said... Wow. Warren uh, Warren County well, uh-huh. with the chimneys in Front Royal then you said ones all the way in Crozet yes
1: mm-hmm.
0: that just put in perspective for me how big
1: mm-hmm. how,
0: yeah. how much land because mm-hmm. I don't think I was understanding because I've driven from I've driven those yeah. distances so to drive that and it take you know however long it takes to know that that you know that was you know long way. that's a long way yeah. yeah now how does it feel for you guys to see like gander uh, on those chimneys oh, it's-
3: it's, it's nice. nice. Yeah. It's very nice. nice. Oh, the drive yeah. is 105 miles long, so Ooh. and that encompasses a lot of, of territory.
0: Now, when yeah. I don't know if if you would know this, but when they were taking the cattle up there, like is that are they are you are, are they pretty much moving all summer? Are they staying sort of in that same area, or are they are they using all 105 miles of mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. Okay. Area. Just where those wells were at, you were saying?
3: Around the house, yes. Okay. Um, I oh, because they were
0: going to that house that was I'm like there.
3: not exactly sure, but they had a lot of um, stone fences Okay. that they would put up. Not um, wire like we have today, but they would... Um, Clear the land too. See, there were still a lot of trees up there, okay. so they would clear areas. And they had gardens. They had good gardens, and they grew crops, uh, corn and wheat, and and um, the cleared areas. And then with the stone walls around, pretty much. And you had a caretaker
1: there all the time. Okay. <laughs> And there's sense. still apple trees up there. If you go up there, wow. there are still oh. apple trees that
2: people planted up there. That was one of my questions: Is that yeah, mm-hmm. there are there mm-hmm. fruit trees mm-hmm. there? Mm-hmm. So apple trees, interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really like the symbolism behind the chimney, because yeah. once you said, it, I was like, well, I wonder why. But then once you once you sort of read out why they chose the chimneys, I was like, that's actually really powerful. Right. I like that a lot. Yeah. And then you they know, have
1: brochures. The this book is, book. is the Blue Ridge okay. Heritage. Project and that tells a little bit about it. And um, also, I've got this book. This was my dad's book. And in the back, it tells about the areas, acres that were condemned, and how much each family got. I found one that the family for 829 acres got $13,085. And for another one, six acres only got $20. Oh, my god! For gosh. all six acres. Now,
0: I know inflation and
1: yeah. it's in, <laughs> yeah. one thing with that. That's yeah. not adding up. Something doesn't any, add up here. Six acres <laughs> for $20. No. Ooh. Okay. So, funny, not careful. only
0: was it, it seems like there was some funny business going on, uh in the, around the word condemning, but there also seems like there, the, the compensation was far from fair.
1: Right now, someone said um, I heard this somewhere that if you had a lawyer, mm-hmm. then you got more. Um, but okay. the lawyer probably but got a lot a that too. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I'm so, imagine that yeah. you probably
0: had no need for a lawyer back then. You know, no. you, you, you know. No you're not worried about having someone on retainer because you don't think your land's right. gonna be taken from you. Except oh, for yeah. the government
2: that yeah. comes yeah. along and condemns your really? property. But this is
1: divided into different counties and mm-hmm. it has all the different land areas and how much they got for each one. Wow. Um, so, and these chimneys, people have put uh, like benches around and they've planted just whatever the county wanted to do. For that area.
0: And how big are these chimneys now that are displayed? They're, they're
1: different sizes. Yeah, they're, and they're all different.
3: Okay. Different yeah. people built each one. The same
1: person didn't build all of them. No. And the stone, I think a lot of the stone came from up on the mountain.
0: That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. I do like that. Yeah. Another homage to yeah. that. While it's crazy, I know the audience can't see, seeing some of these pictures of people carrying furniture down the yeah. mountain. It's just insane. Yeah. Um, wow. Now, um, I guess, sort of knowing that history, I guess we'll go to our second question. Um, okay. In general, what different experiences have you encountered in your life due to your background and what obstacles have you overcome?
1: Okay, well, growing up, like I said, we lived on a farm and so uh, I was a farm girl and I was outside most of the time at the creek or in the barn. Or, and then uh, later on, you know, after uh, graduating from high school, I went to a bigger town and then to the city. So I've lived in the city and in the town. I met a lot of people. The first uh, college I went to, I went, did not know a soul. Mm. Made lots of friends. Did you want to
0: do that from coming from the farm? Did you want yeah, to? Yeah, it was with fine. Okay.
1: Yeah, I had been, I had traveled. Okay. You know, my aunt took us a lot of places mm-hmm. when we were growing up. And so we were used to being, you know, out and not with our family and yeah. our parents. So, yeah, but um, just experiences that you gained. I always said that even if you just went to college just to go, You know, whether you got a degree or not, you know, just to go and meet people and and do things that you wouldn't ordinarily do, you know, like if you're in in the country, you know.
0: Do you feel like the, like sort of the population that we're talking about, that's the norm? Do you think a lot of them have a chance to sort of get out and explore, go to college or travel? Or would you say you're pretty lucky in that regard?
1: From here, you Mm -hmm. mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think now they can. Yeah. I think people can. And we have all nationalities that live here now. Yeah. So, yeah, and you know everybody gets along here. Mm-hmm. So, I think we're lucky in that way because we share different things from different, different people. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. What about Oh, Tina? Gesser- I was
2: gonna say, back then, do you think it was um, the thing to go to college, or was it like,
1: oh, she's like. You know? Well, we were always told that we could go or would go, and uh, my family always wanted me to go to JMU, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I, for some reason, I, <laughs> I didn't want to, <laughs> so I went to a, a uh, Baptist college for two years and then mm. transferred. So, so those know. were some of the
2: expectations, is that you could go to college, yeah. leave the farm yeah. and go to college and yeah. explore the... Horizons. I'm
1: not sure how many people, we had 99 in our class to graduate mm-hmm. that year, but I, and I don't know how many actually went to college. Of course, we had trade schools too mm-hmm. that you could go to, which are just as good. Mm-hmm. So. Now, do yeah. you
0: think you could have, say, different generation, you were a teacher for what, did you say 26, 34, 34 years. years? Do you think <laughs> yeah. you could have done the one classroom thing where you're the teacher and then all the kids are in just one room kind of like we were talking about earlier what would you prefer uh,
1: <laughs> probably because kids were i think kids were better behavior yeah. but with my yes. 26 i've got along great with 26. one year i only had 13 students mm. which was i thought it was good but then you know to do things 13 wasn't enough yeah yeah mm. so, yeah
0: it's the numbers game is always, sometimes too much is too much, sometimes too little is too little, yeah. Yeah. What about you Beth, same question. In general, what different experiences have you encountered in your life due to your background and what obstacles have you overcome?
3: Well, living here on my life, it's very easy to get into my genealogy. Mm. I have had friends who have moved here from New York and other places. And they are looking for tombstones Mm -hmm. and they're looking for records and all. I have been very lucky Mm -hmm. because all of my family for generations has lived here. And our family farm has been in, in our family for 200 years. So it's very easy to do my United Daughters of the Confederacy to get into that, Mm. to join the Daughters of the American Revolution. Mm. All those records were here on tombstones. Wow! And the tombstones um, of the 1800s, 1700s not only had born and died, but they had occupation on the stone. They had a wife of so-and-so, but they had a history, On tombstones and I was very lucky to get that far. Um, The War of 1812 was very good to me too because all the records are here. So through the years I have had to answer uh, many questions for other people doing their genealogy that their families were settled here in this area. I've taken pictures of tombstones. I've dug around in cemeteries.
0: Now, were you able to physically find those tomb- tombstones that you were talking about, like yes. that old, like to see? Yes. And is the yes is, are they in good enough condition where you can still see occupation in years? Well, you years? have to clean them you first. Have to clean them up.
3: <laughs> <laughs> first things first, Gabriel. And, and <laughs> lots of times they're uh, surrounded by uh, briars.
0: Are they in a recognizable cemetery? Like are you? is it Um, it somewhere you go oh that's a cemetery or do you have to go foraging a bit mine were okay
3: but i have been um i did one back in uh, march for a, a girl who lived in elton and she wanted to know the family of uh gee i forget the name of it but Anyway, I took her. We had to climb a fence, and it was in with cattle, mm. and some of the stones had been knocked over, but we could set them up. They were not huge, and um, a lot of those cemeteries, though, had river rocks as headstones, which there was nothing on them, But and they were smaller plots on farmland. So unmarked
0: river rocks?
3: A lot of them were, but within there, you might find um, the river rocks might be 1800, and then you might get a 1900 that had writing on it, but Mm. it was the family, you knew it was the same family. Wow. But um, the genealogy um, fact that I've lived here all my life, it's been easy because the surnames mean something to me when they're saying do you know who the Garbers are or the Stricklers or the you know their family names.
2: I'm I'm amazed at the amount of research that you've done in preparation for this um, podcast and lots of notes and these memories that you have, I can see little sparks of. You like... have
3: to remember, I was a tour guide. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> These are a lot of my notes. <laughs> yes,
2: were there the... things that we didn't talk about that are in your notes?
1: Yeah. Oh, I don't. And she likes to talk to. We like <laughs> to listen. it's <laughs> yeah. the place to be. Oh.
3: <laughs> I did put together a cemetery book in 1978 mm-hmm. for the, when I was working for the county. And that's been very valuable. That has to
0: help so many people probably coming oh, down it's looking. Oh, so
3: good. And um, I also helped with marriage bonds. Okay. And the marriage bonds, 1800s, you have to have permission to marry. And, and um, we put together the book on marriage bonds, which is a smaller uh, paperback book but it it also lists who was married to who but it who paid the bond the bonds who was the bondsman so that means that it's probably the father of one of them and it's a good genealogy okay oh Wait, how much
0: was the bond like was it, it affordable or was they, it...
3: you did you it was just formality of filling out the papers okay. and they're in the courthouse
0: were all bonds the same or do you like do
3: you they were just, all the same okay it's, it's, so it's
0: the essentially fee. a license it's, it's like okay. a life oh, okay and, and
3: their marriage bonds okay. but they're 1800s
0: yeah between that between the marriage bonds in the cemetery i feel like if someone you know was curious who lived in page county or even coming down from somewhere like new york and now their lineage is from page all gathering all that you know writing the history down has to be so helpful um, and especially because it's a living document for people to come sure. and see and you can always add to it the more you find and every, it seems like every time you come up with another project it, it just you know it's, a, it's another it piece of it the does. puzzle like you do you did cemeteries marriage bonds and <laughs> in the history like I, I just think that's so amazing so
3: I like history and travel well that's perfect for you
2: <laughs> how about in your notes what what were some of the things we have uh, yeah we don't want yeah
1: That's all for that.
2: And are you your family? I'm assuming is is buried here in the cemeteries.
1: Well, there's a family cemetery, mm. and it's uh, it's enclosed with a metal uh, fence. And um, there have been cows around it. There have been buffalo around <laughs> it at one time. Whoa. <laughs> um, and my dad and my mom were buried there and my grandparents and um, we just went to a cemetery near my house and one of our relatives Alfred Gander was in World War II and he received a purple heart and uh, so all of the children of the church there got together and they put up the flags for oh. Memorial Day Wow! but uh, And there's one over in my where my mom and dad are buried, and Mm -hmm. what what is that? um,
3: There's a memorial
1: there that I'm not sure who that is. That's to Martin Van Buren. Okay. He was um,
3: a courier to Robert E. Lee, and he has his
1: Confederate marker. Mm. Yeah, it's metal, and it's like a cross. It's
0: crazy because you guys. Kid, you said Confederacy
1: and then American Revolution.
0: Like, that's a long time ago to be able to trace something. <laughs> that's a very long time. Like,
3: but you have to remember, I'm the lucky one because the tombstones were right here. Yeah. And you have a paper to fill out. And when I sent in my DAR papers, and they're legal sized papers, mine came back perfect, which is really unheard of. Yeah. They said so wow. we can't believe that. Well, both of my papers, the DAR and the UDC, both came back perfect mm. because I had filled in all the slots. Um,
1: yeah, you
0: probably.
3: And, and this is
2: your jam, so you you like this kind <laughs> of stuff. It's like your 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 thing. So anything else that um, that you haven't shared? And I'm just really thankful for your time and and sharing uh, and being vulnerable. I know some of these questions are, you know. Like in your business, but I think it's helpful for the history and for our viewers, too, uh, to have a better understanding about the park, how it evolved, how it came to be, but also the people, um, some people, which I didn't know, um, that people were moved off the land
1: yeah.
2: uh, and had to, to give up their land for a little next to nothing in, in some instances. So, um, you know, as we're approaching our... Um, you know the end of our podcast that uh, there's anything else you'd like
0: to share or well, Gabriel there's that, there's that there's another question that before we wrap up I'd like to definitely ask um, Nancy you said something about how you know Page County was just you know becoming more more diverse over time um, and I think you know Beth since you've been integrated in this community both of you guys in, in different aspects for a long time I guess this third question: um, How do you think businesses and the community as a whole can build an atmosphere that's more inclusive and welcoming of everyone?
1: I think we have. Mm. I mean, we have um, all different people. We have eateries that are that have the food from those countries.
0: Yeah,
1: and uh, we have venues for plays. We have the movie theater. We have um, clubs for young people, middle-aged people, and older people, and uh, whenever we have like parades, or we have the Sunflower Festival, or the Christmas Parade, everybody comes. I mean, it's not just a certain group, it's everybody. I will
0: say that that, that was my first yeah. event that I worked when I started the shop. it was a Sunflower Festival, mm-hmm. and it was, yeah. like you said, all different types of people there, Yeah, and people came from yeah. all over, and everyone was welcome, yeah. and it was just like, it was a good feeling. I was like, "Oh, right. this is this is this is gonna be yeah. fun
1: and no problems." Yeah, no, we we very rarely have problems. Mm-mm. Yeah, well,
0: that's good. So. What about you, Beth? Same? Do you do you want to repeat the question or?
1: Well, I
3: go back to our natural resources, and we're fortunate to have three very good natural resources in our vicinity. And it's the uh, Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah National Park, the Massanutten Mountain, which has the uh, Washington uh, George Washington Forest, and we have the Shenandoah River. And they are our natural resources and they're what bring in people. This is how all of our youth always work at, at the caverns or on the mountain. They've provided employment for us through the years. And if you've lived here, you've either worked in the caverns, which I did, or worked on the mountain, which I did. Nancy worked on the mountain. They've given us the opportunity to have um, some money and um, they bring in the people too. And therefore, it's increased our um, bed and breakfast, our motels, our, um, everything has grown because of these three natural resources, I believe.
0: So the mountain and valley are the gifts that just keep on giving so as long as you know
3: very little mm-hmm. valley here 13 miles now
0: that's right you said so would it be from 13 the base miles this way but it's mm-hmm. long it's the distance it's that's very real. long oh, okay mm-hmm. yeah. okay wow wow well thank you guys so much for sharing that history like i seriously was <laughs> very surprised i pride mm-hmm. myself on being a history buff as well but the cool thing about history is you just the more you know the less you know like, as you start you to, want to know more. Yeah, well, you start to understand, like, you, want to know you, more. you find a whole nother rabbit hole of history that you just don't know about. Mm. And this is something that I don't know about. Or you realize that maybe you were just too broad in your knowledge or something. And the, the deeper you dive, you start to find these cool stories. And you start to find people like yourselves who have, you know, acquired this history which is really all that is. Is that like history is a you know a combination of primary, secondary, and tertiary mm-hmm. sources, and we get that from people like you guys. I mean, think about the, the collections that you guys did for that first f- photograph book. You know, like a lot of times that's how we get we solve the the, the big uh, mysteries of history. So I just think it's amazing and excellent that you guys know so much. Do you have something? I
3: have a quote here. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> you have quote. two quotes, right? <laughs> I have, well, this one, I think, is very interesting. It's from Washington Irving. Okay. And he wrote that the Shenandoah Valley of Virginia is equal to the promised land in infer- fertility and far superior in its beauty. Wow. That was written by Washington Irving.
0: Washington, who was Washington Irving? What uh, significance does he hold in history?
3: Well, he was an author. He was, um, I don't know when he lived. I just happened to come across this.
0: Yeah, and that is not the first qu- quote that I've heard from people who are not from the Shenandoah Valley speak of its prominence with such regard. So. Like I said, you can see you can see why, you know, it was, you know, something to be coveted. Um,
3: at one time, see, we're so close to Washington, D.C. too. Uh, and so Washington Irving must have come through the valley at some time.
0: Yeah.
1: Imagine the sleepy hollow. And he, that's what he wrote Carrie. <laughs> oh, is that what he wrote.
0: Oh, is that the author? Yeah. He uh-huh. you, you wrote,
3: yeah, thank you. I oh. couldn't think of what he wrote. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. Um she had a second. Quote. Did you have a second quote? Yeah. No,
3: that was, that was it? I, we've already discussed that mm. one. Okay.
0: <laughs> well, I don't think I can top that I don't think you
3: know. <laughs> well, it, I thought that was interesting. That was Washington
0: oh, yeah. Irving, you know. Wow. Yeah. So it, and I I think people saw that same reverence for it today and it is, um, it was, it was a pleasure for you guys to come down and share not only your personal history, but the history of a lot of the members of this community that you guys have gathered and we're really grateful for that. Um, Tina, do you have anything else to say?
2: No, I just love the history part of it. And then the fact that you guys are continuing to share uh, even with the younger ones, like being candid about the land and how, you know, the park came to be. I think that those stories will continue to, to be shared they through were generations.
3: stories that the uh, people on the tour buses wanted to hear. And when I took a class, Daddy and I took a class, and uh, it was given by the park service and they started this is what you're going to tell the groups coming through they started back when north america and south america were joined and then it comes up through the ice age and then the oh the rocks Oh,
0: you guys started way back and
3: we got out of that meeting and i remember daddy looked at me and he said is that what you're going to talk about? And I <laughs> you're said, like, oh, what are you going to talk about? He said, not that.
2: I'm going to get straight to the point. <laughs> so he wanted you to talk about Isaac. <laughs> and, and so then. we yeah.
3: started oh, telling man. our own history, you know. And Daddy, could of course, was a whole lot better than I was, but I would hear his stories and tell the people, and that's what they wanted to hear. What do you all do here? Yeah. You know, what do uh-huh. the people do?
0: Get to the point.
3: Yeah. You're isolated oh. here.
0: What you know, do you
1: do? Maybe
0: we're going to have yeah. to do uh, another recording where you just go through and we just follow you with the camera and you give us, <laughs> you know, you try your best to, to give us a tour. No. Oh. <laughs> you had a lot of it today. It's been a pleasure. You had a lot of it. Oh, man. Well, all right guys, thank you for joining us on this episode of My Story Weaves Our Story. This is the end of season one, so we will see you guys next season. Bye.